The following program is intended for mature audiences. Warmest aloha, sir. Hey, Holly. Hi. Holly to you, too. He's so Holly, he doesn't even know he's Holly. I'm tempted to say menehune. Like Hawaiian leprechauns. <laughs> or chipmunks or something. What's wrong with that turtle? He has lung problems because he smoked too much turtle weed, which is bad for you, right, Ola? Hawaii has a big future. I, I, I want to become a part of it. I know every angel of these islands. I'm like a good tourist guy. What we're about to say. She were on a mission. Trying to find a way. If you and me make a guarantee.
Hey Wade, hey Amanda, this is uh, Jay from uh, New York City, Uh, my actual name is uh, Jerome, Um, yep, Asian guy named Jerome, so, um, you know, thank you so much for both those podcasts, the East to West podcasts, Um, I didn't expect uh, one of the podcasts uh, be a reply to my email, my really, really long email, I really do appreciate all the work you guys do. And uh, I really do appreciate all the input, opinions, and, and the, the feedback, and all the advice about overall Hawaii stuff. Just a little bit about myself. I really do want to move to Hawaii. That's my, hopefully, less than 10-year plan. People always tell me, like, yeah, if you're going to do it, just go. But it's not that easy. Living in New York City, the cost of living is pretty high. It's probably actually a little bit more than Hawaii. If I compare food and housing... And everything else so moving to Hawaii with the cost of living is not a problem the problem is the wages the salaries in Hawaii you know like I said in my previous email are probably getting one-third of what I'm making now it's really hard I don't want to be one of those people that move to Hawaii for a couple months and then move right back you know because living in a nice place such as Hawaii it's not the only thing that's important I want to be comfortable living in Hawaii I don't want to be struggling having two to three jobs. I don't want side hustles, (laughs) you know. I just want to live. I do love New York City, you know. I was born and raised in New York City, so it's not a big shock, you know, if I did move to Hawaii with a great job. So, yeah, that's my story. I don't want to be the guy that goes back to the mainland after they move for a year, which I know a lot of people do. Uh, There's a lot of stories of that. Uh, I think you've talked about it yourself. With a lot of your friends moving back to the mainland because it's too expensive. You know, your, the podcast that <laughs> you guys had was hilarious about uh, East to West, the differences. You know, I do love the weather in Hawaii. I hate the snow, the yellow snow in New York City, the dirty snow. <laughs> As a dark-colored Asian guy, yes, it definitely would fit in a little bit better than if I was like a Hali or a white guy uh, from the mainland. Uh, which is pretty attractive too, you know, living in Hawaii, I'll blend in. Every time I go to Hawaii, people want to give me a Kamaaina discount uh, and ask me, you know, what part of Oahu I live in. And, uh, you know, they get shocked when I say I live in New York City because um, I am fast talking, fast walking uh, guy. So they didn't pick that up. But I guess the way I look, you know, it's easier to blend in if I ever did move there. You know, keep up the good work with both of you. Uh, Amanda, like I said, she really compliments you. Uh, She makes a great co-host. I wish you could also have like uh, guests on too, more guests on. Um, There was this like other host that you had, like a science teacher or something. And he had like a business, side business of uh, renting out, what was it? Ocean uh, activity things, you know, surfboards. I forget if it was a, if that was the guy. Then you had him on twice as like a guest host. Um, But it'd be great if you all three did a podcast uh, together. And uh, yeah. So thank you again. Appreciate all the work that you guys done. Uh, Hopefully I can get out there uh, soon. I actually had a plan to go out there in December. But COVID's too bad. Uh, Also, I don't want to like bring in anything. If I did have anything COVID-wise to Hawaii. Uh, I do have plans to go to Kauai in April to do the Kalalau Trail the second time. You know, if it keeps going the way it is, I might have to cancel that trip uh, as well. Hopefully I can get there sometime next year. 
But I do look forward to meeting you guys in person. Have a beer next to the ocean. So anyways, just wanted to add uh, one more thing. So I think you mentioned in the previous podcast that you were going to maybe interview or talk with Ty Whitman, the guy who runs the Kauai podcast. That's another podcast I used to listen to frequently, although he releases an episode like once every year or two years or three years. You know, I think he's a patron of your show, but if he's listening to this or if you could just relay him a message, I also want to thank him uh, from the bottom of my heart because, you know, it's really tough to do a podcast alone. I know he had a couple of interviews with people. Uh, he is actually pretty entertaining um, because I do see uh, his love for Kauai and uh, he provided me with a lot of information uh, before I went on my trip to Kauai. So, yeah, I just want to thank him as well. You know, if you want to post these like voicemails on your episodes, feel free. Um, yeah, thank you so much again. How's it and welcome to Living the Aloha Life, podcasting Pono in 808. I'm the Poa Man. And I'm Dr. Aloha. Okay, we just came into the opening song of Apala Funga. Now that is difficult to pronounce. So, <laughs> yeah, and the song was Lily Koi. It's from her number one album, Lily Koi. If you enjoy Paula's sexy Hawaiian music, please pick up her extended 13-song album called Lily Koi. Uh, we'll be playing two additional songs from her album, Lily Koi, today. On average, every single song is well over five minutes. Oh, wow. I mean, that's... You're getting a full album here. She does have a sexy voice, Doesn't too. she? She has, like, a little bit of Alicia Keys to her. Yeah, so she does, like... She does Hawaiian... And this particular album, which was her first album, Lily Koi, is more kind of on the blues. Bluesy R&B. Bluesy and R&B, but it's amazing. It's really I good. Love I love it. it. It's sexy. So if you want a night of sex, <laughs> listen to this album. And if you want to pour some <laughs> Lily Koi all over yourself. There you go. Uh, we'll also be discussing uh, Paula a little later in the podcast today. And it's not going to be a positive, but it has nothing against her. Right. So we'll get into that later. But it's a huge deal here in Hawaii. It's a huge deal in Hawaii. That recently happened just a couple of days ago. Uh, now, we just also came into a very, very, very long message from Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, thank you so much for that, like... 12-minute message that I cut down to six minutes. That was wonderful. (laughs) Thank you for real, Jen. Hey, Jay, I bet you you won't even tell that I edited it. (laughs) Oh, no. No, it was a a good message. And uh, what we did is we dedicated the last two podcasts to Jay, uh, East to West. You know, Jay clearly has a deep love for Hawaii and wants to move here, but he wants to move here in a way that he doesn't you know, leave like so many have done in the past. Yeah, so good for him. Yeah, yeah. Dedicated planning, okay, instead of just coming to Hawaii with no plan gives you a far better chance to make it here in Hawaii because, as we said, you know, 50% of those who move here fail. So that's really a flip of the coin. That's a very scary statistic because if you think about it, no matter where you're coming from, it is not an easy move to make to get here. Guys, coming to Hawaii is like marriage. You get a 50-50 chance. (laughs) Topic. God. (laughs) So having a deep-rooted plan now based in research, knowledge, and alternative outcomes like a plan A, a plan B, etc. will give you a far better chance than 50%. But I know a lot of people just kind of say, the hell with it, I'm coming out here, and they do it. And those are really, honestly, a lot of those ones end up leaving. It doesn't end up working out. Yeah, so have a plan. Jay wants a plan. Uh, Jerome. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He corrected us. (laughs) 
Well, see, I, he, I didn't know if he want us, wanted us to reveal his real name, so I've always called him Jay. I assume that everybody calls him Jay. So let's just call him Jay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's a real nickname or just like a Facebook thing. Nah, Whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but um, Jay, so you mentioned three things. You mentioned Jason Otero, who's a good friend of mine for Aww. almost 10 years in Hawaii. Jason. Yeah, who was doing uh, the podcast with me for a little while, and he ran the snorkeling and paddleboard rental company. Just so you know, and maybe Jason's listening right now, um, Jerome, he's one of my friends that left Hawaii, and his business is gone. He was like one of the last people <sighs> you ever expected to go. I never expected him to go. I planned on him working in the Jeep business, in the um, tourism business. You were so excited. I planned on him working with the brewery and distillery business with me, and he got up and left. Guess where, Jay? And now he's in New York. He moved to New York. (laughs) You guys should become friends. (laughs) Yeah, Jay. Go go see if you can get a hold of Jason. And uh, wait, is Jason? He's not in the city, though, is he? No, he he said he's not going to live in the city. He's New York State, so he's probably very far away. Yeah, he got he yeah. He didn't want to live in the city. He wanted to live up in, you know, out in the boonies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the so that's what happened to Jason Jerome. Uh, the other thing is having guests. Uh, we had guests before. The thing is with COVID, obviously, it's a huge problem. We can't have guests with COVID uh, unless it's like my brother or it's like uh, summer, you yeah. know, or something like that. Um, the other thing that, oh, and, and then, you know, and then a lot of people will say, well, why can't you just do you know, over the phone or do it on the computer, stuff like that. And Why, Wade? Why okay. can we not do that? Because please please explain to okay. everybody. I'll explain to everybody <laughs> why. It's because I am anal and I believe there's going to be technical concerns with my audio quality if you're not in the studio. And it's true. We have, uh, you know, when everybody first sponsored and all the patrons got on board, we spent a huge amount of money on getting the studio set up and having perfect audio. And... Our audio is better than any other Hawaii podcast out there. Mm-hmm. And the editing, everything is just superb. I'm not tooting my own horn. You're very anal about it. Yes, You're yes. ridiculous about yes. it. And it pays off. It really does. Yeah, and I just don't want to be having people calling on the phone. It sounds like crap. People listening it from the outside and then complaining that, you know what? Why does this podcast sound so great and this one doesn't? And blah, blah, blah. So we'd rather just do a great podcast with me and Amanda on it. And then we're able to have guests back. We're going to have some awesome guests. I can't wait to have guests Yeah, back, we're going to have awesome guests. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is so much fun just yeah. to have the guests. I missed it, too. And then Jay also mentioned Ty Whitman, who is a patron and host of the Kauai podcast. I also listened to his show. And everyone can still listen to previous episodes of Ty's show at escape2kauai.com. Ty and I should be doing a podcast early in the new year. And I really do over the years appreciate his support and love and you know he's been a great guy he's been very supportive of what i do and i've been very supportive of what he does so giving him a plug yeah that's awesome that you guys are friends you know you can also listen to him on itunes that's where i listen to him yes i believe he has um i believe he's done like 30 35 um episodes on Kauai so far so the two years when i was planning my move to hawaii there were three podcasts i obsessively listened Mm -hmm. to number one lucky we live hawaii which was your old one Mm -hmm. number two was ty's podcast i loved his podcast i because Kauai, my favorite island like i just learned so much and then the third one i listened to 
was another Kauai podcast. Um, it was um, Kauai Talk, I think. Kauai Talk. Yeah, okay. so I listened to those three obsessively for those two years. Cool. So thank you, Ty. Yeah, thank you very much. And we wish you would continue doing your Kauai podcast. <laughs> now, he lives in Florida, so I believe last time I talked to him, he was talking about starting a podcast that had the Hawaii vibe, but was go- it was going to be about either moving to florida or something about florida that'd be fun he yeah. should he should do something though, i think he is i think he is doing it so if you guys oh, okay. if you guys do go to uh escape to Kauai, maybe he has it posted there or somewhere but i know he's got he i think he's i think it was a while ago that he told me this so he, he's probably already started his florida podcast oh good yeah yeah so check it out okay so today's podcast is going to be all about talking story let's talk mm-hmm. All right, we have so much news and topics to discuss. We decided to do a free-for-all, open-ended talk story session. Because could you imagine if this entire podcast was the first half of a podcast and then we tried to Impossible. Do... Yeah, it's going to be a long one. It's just be, talking story. Yeah, it's going to be very long. Now, the term talking story, here we go. Oh, Lelo, comma, Elio is right. a phrase created in Hawaii... And it means to simply talk about anything, everything, and nothing to anyone. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Talk story is a unique, it's very unique to Hawaii for mainly two reasons. Talk story is taking time out of your busy day to slow life down and talk about sharing deep ideas, stories, history, and opinions with two or more people, even if it's in the middle of doing something important. A while working. <laughs> People will take time like a half hour just to talk to somebody when they're supposed to be working. That's so true. It's, it's true, isn't it? Yep. And the other one is talk story is when you put time aside to talk to a total stranger, introduce yourself, and talk about each other's lives, history, and future intent. This is almost always initiated by the local resident to the outsider or visitor and even those who have recently moved to Hawaii. Now, I love it because it's part of what makes Hawaii so special to me. Absolutely. The the people here are so amazing. But how many times have you been running late for work? For you, maybe a tour. For me, going to work. And you just stop really quickly to get gas or run in to get coffee or something. And somebody just catches your ear and you you don't want to be rude and leave. So then you end up being super late to work. It's unbelievable. (laughs) And, And just the other day, I was taking down the Volkswagen, you know, the old Volkswagen bus to get gas at the gas station. And someone just pulled up and said, whoa, man, this is amazing. <laughs> what year is this? Oh, that, you know what? Wait a minute. Those doors are from a 50s. That the, the front's from a 70. What is this thing? And I talked for like 45 minutes with this guy. Yep. And at the end of the conversation, I got his phone number. That's awesome, though. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And he works on Volkswagen buses. See, that worked out for you. But it's just amazing that you can sit there and talk to a complete stranger when you're in, if you're in New York or Boston or somewhere and someone comes up to you at the gas station, you think you're going to get mugged. <laughs> and yep. it's nothing like that here. It's just comp- it's another world. So that's what talking story is. It's a personal, purposeful, and dignified way to communicate to a friend or stranger in passing, which ends up being an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's but crazy. I love it. I do love I it. I mean, really talking story in essence is aloha. 
That's what aloha is. It absolutely is. Talking story is aloha because you won't talk story on the mainland like that. It's just not going to randomly happen like that. It's part of what makes Hawaii so special, like yeah. I said. Absolutely. Okay, so guess what? What? Before we start getting into everything, we have a special birthday for a fellow Kanaka patron, Robert. Oh, Robert. Happy from birthday. From Texas. Happy birthday, Robert. Happy birthday. <laughs> right on. Okay, so let's talk story as we get into a lot of serious news to cover. Traveling to Hawaii during COVID. What you mm. need to know. Now, I put a lot of time into this. You did. You, you just researched all of it. Yeah. And this is going to be so helpful for so many people. Yeah, because so many patrons and just fans in general and listeners were like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to come to Hawaii, but it's just a mess on how to get there. So this is what you have to do now. Take a breather because this is a little extensive. Mm -hmm. Are we all ready? Let's do it. Okay. First, you got to go to HawaiiCOVID19.com for everything you need to do and know about traveling to Hawaii during this pandemic. All okay, right. that's, that's the first step thing. One. Oh, that's exhausting just in itself. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, nah, I ain't doing this. <laughs> no, you need to. If you're coming here, you need to get this stuff straight. I know, I know, I know. Okay, the state of Hawaii's Safe Travels Hawaii program is a multi-layered process designed to mitigate the spread of COVID-19 in Hawaii's community from trans-Pacific visitors and resident passengers arriving at airports across the islands. This enhanced entry into Hawaii includes a pre-travel testing program, the mandatory state of Hawaii travel and health form, and temperature screening at all Hawaii airports upon arrival. This state of Hawaii will only accept NAAT COVID tests from a certified clinical laboratory from a list of trusted testing and travel partners. For pre-travel testing partners, go to hawaiicovid19.com slash travel dash partners slash. All right. <laughs> okay, oh, hang in there. Hang in there, everybody. Maybe you could post those links yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I could. I could. A 14-day mandatory quarantine will be required for trans-Pacific travelers arriving without a confirmed negative COVID-19 test within 72 hours before departure of the final leg of their trip to Hawaii. Travelers will not be able to obtain an NAAT COVID test upon arrival at any Hawaii airport. Have to do it early. Yes. But not too early. Right. <laughs> There's a window. So this is this is very time sensitive. Absolutely. Yes. If traveling to Hawaii, you need to go to HawaiiCOVID19.com. If 18 or older, you got to create an online user account and register with the state of Hawaii's Safe Travels Hawaii program, okay? Once you create your online account and register, you will need to complete the program's application and enter your travel information and complete trip details and obtain your Q 
R code for Hawaii's airport screening process. <sighs> Keep going. <laughs> Once you arrive in Hawaii and you don't have to quarantine as long as your test comes back negative, there is a whole list of rules you have to follow once on the islands. To understand and follow these rules in Hawaii, you can go to hawaiicovid19.com slash travel slash while dash in dash Hawaii slash. Wow. So apparently... Are you guys coming to Hawaii? Because I'm going to keep going. I know. Apparently, <laughs> Ige finally mandated a statewide mask. Yes. Um, yes. So you got to wear masks yeah. no matter well, what now. Yeah. Let's discuss the entire process to Hawaii. Okay? Let's do it. Here we go. This is exactly what you're going to have to do. Write this shit down. One, book your flight to Hawaii. Okay. Two, go to travel.hawaii.gov. Register for the Safe Travel Online Program. Hmm. Another step. Number three. No earlier than 72 hours before your flight departure time. Take an FDA-authorized NAAT COVID test from a certified lab that is a State of Hawaii trusted testing partner. Now that's the tricky part. Make sure it's a partner or it will not count. Yes. <laughs> Number four, if negative result, upload info to your safe travel account. Okay. Number five. 24 hours prior to boarding flight, log into Safe Travel account and fill out Travel Health Questionnaire. At that time, you will receive your QR code upon completion. Oh. Number six, travel to Hawaii. Yay. Number seven, arrive at airport. Secondary screening, temperature taken. Show safe travel QR code during this process. So that's something on your phone, I assume. Yes. Number eight. You may need to quarantine if test results are still pending when arrive. When results are received and uploaded into safe travel account, then you can proceed. Number nine. Negative result. Enjoy your vacation. But follow Hawaii's rules and restrictions while on island. Also, what happens if you have a positive result? Don't enjoy your vacation and immediately quarantine in isolation <laughs> oh, for 14 man. days. Hawaii's health services will guide you through your horrible 14-day of isolation. Where you can't even leave to get food or anything. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, I'm going to continue. And when I get to the end of this, I'm going to talk. Okay. Traveling to all islands. Oahu. No secondary tests required. Hawaii Island. Secondary test required at airport when you arrive. So just to clarify, that means you have to get another COVID test. You have to get another COVID test if you plan on going from Oahu to the Hawaii Island. Or any island to Hawaii Island. There. Yeah. Maui. Secondary test. Only voluntary. 72 hours after arrival. Now, you guys will say, oh, voluntary. I ain't doing it. Please do it. Please do it. It's it's very respectful to the Hawaii people and just to the islands in general. So please do the secondary test voluntary 72 hours after you arrive on Maui. Kauai, the same thing. Secondary test voluntary 72 hours after arrival. These tests are free. So please do them. Mm. Okay? 
If you choose not to go through this process, you will quarantine 14 days in place. So for Hawaii Island, if you choose not to take the second test? Then you quarantine. Yeah, crazy, right? When we've been talking to you guys for I don't know how many months now, we've been talking that it's probably just best that you wait until booking your vacation to Hawaii in the new year. Mm -hmm. If this sounded easy to you, then man, you're smarter than me, but... But at least it's possible. It's just it's, not, it's not going to be easy. It's possible. It's possible to do this. But the thing is, is we are only having about, I think we're bringing in between five and 7,000 people a day and, and half of them are tourists and half of them are uh, residents. Wow. So you're looking at about three to 4,000 tourists coming in a day when we usually have 30,000. Yeah, that's crazy. So a lot of people are choosing not to go through this shit. It sounds like it. But we're just letting you know. We broke it We broke it down. This is what you have to do. Now, a lot of people didn't know all the things they have to do. When I was looking at this, I was starting to get a panic attack. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if you guys are, but I was, I was honest to God, when I did not know that it was this involved, really. Now, some people may say, oh, it's easier than this. It's just boom, boom, boom. Well, I just told you how it is. We yeah. just told you how it is. It's not... I mean, if you're really organized, it's not that it's necessarily hard, but there's a lot up in the air that's out of your control, like how long it takes to get those test results back. Yeah. That's not in your control. No, it's if, not in your control. If you land in Hawaii before you get your negative test result, you I'm get a sorry. Quarantine. <laughs> you get a quarantine for maybe two or three days or until those tests come back. But it's not like you can do it super early because no. it has to be 72 hours. I so know. It's, it's, it's hard. It's easy. Okay, so now for today's current pandemic updates. Now, this is a little bit of good news. The travel testing program, as we just outlined, is working. Only 1 in 700 visitors are getting through with COVID. That's amazing. So that's, um, it, it, yeah, personally, this far exceeded what I thought. Same. I thought we were going to have hundreds and hundreds of cases by now, and yet we're only having maybe a little bit over 100 cases a day. Because it seems like there are so many holes in the plan, so I'm really impressed it's working so well. I'm impressed it's working right now, but... I don't know how much longer it's going to work considering the mainland is just getting out of control. Right. Yeah. And we don't have that many tourists coming right now. So if that increases in the new year, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, now listen up. Unfortunately, these rules are fluid as changes to the rules can happen at any time as the mainland continues to see insane increases in COVID cases. Now, Ige has come on today. He's come on on other days. He's come on today and said there's going to be some changes. So the changes could be, you know, we heard something about what was the newest change that we were hearing about? Um. We're hearing about that you must come to Hawaii with the test. If you, come, if you arrive into Hawaii and... What, what was I saying? You can't yeah, that's what it was. You can't have your results pending. Right. So you so as of today or as of yesterday, you could come to Hawaii, have taken the test, and you're still waiting for the, pro for the positive or negative and stay in quarantine until the test comes in. But now I think he's going to be changing it to where if you come to Hawaii and your test hasn't arrived yet, you're quarantined for 14 days. That's crazy. So they're getting stricter. Stricter because the cases are getting worse and worse in the mainland. This is why... Hawaii <laughs> come is, next year. <laughs> I know, I know. So Hawaii is still what, in that orange zone right now. This is insane. Um, compared to the mainland, you know, obviously we're doing a lot better. But we didn't realize it until tonight we were in the grocery store. 
panic is starting here again. The toilet oh, paper yeah. is gone. The There's shelves no are more. empty again. It happened again. I'm like, oh my God. And the canned goods and the pasta. There's no all more doo doo paper. Gone no off of the shelves in the grocery store. I'm like, oh my God. When did people start panicking? Like, it's not even that bad here. I didn't realize. I think, like, I, <laughs> I was explaining that. Um, the mainland is so screwed right now that they're right. probably they're grabbing everything. They're just and, getting and scared. They don't have enough product to send to Hawaii right now, so they don't. They're not able to pack the shelves. Mm, it's okay. not that the people are panicking oh, here. Oh, okay, okay. But if the, our cases go up here and we were to go back into tier one, which is a possibility because we've been averaging a hundred cases, so we could go backwards back into tier one. We could close down Hawaii again, and travelers are coming here. <laughs> this is this is like the worst case scenario if you stay at an airbnb good luck getting toilet paper (laughs) (laughs) okay guys so that is the covid update and how to get to hawaii and how to deal with the process it's not a fun process if you want to go ahead and do that do that but even once you get through that challenge and come here half the businesses are not open here so uh, i don't know what to tell you well, I, I mean, know? there's definitely stuff open, but still restaurants are limited. Our bars are still closed. A lot of touristy Nightlife spots. is completely closed. Right. A lot of touristy spots like Hanama Bay are still closed. closed. Diamond Head still closed. Yeah. So just know that ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Right. So go ahead. What do you got Let's for us? Move on. So the West Coast has just put out a travel alert to not travel during the holiday season, putting tourism in Hawaii at risk again. That's one of our highest travel times yes. during the holiday season. Yeah, so this just came out several days ago. Um, California, Oregon, Washington has recently put out alerts saying do not travel during the holidays. And obviously a huge percentage of people coming to Hawaii right now are from the West Coast. Right. So we're very scared uh, oh, I'm fucked anyway, so I don't really care, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm just fucked, you know, but but um, for anybody who planned on getting any business or the, or the hotels being open or anything is going to see a drop in even more people because there's even going to be less travelers coming to Hawaii. So that seven to 8,000 people that are coming a day now, it may be going down to three to 4,000. Wow. And that's going to be devastating for Hawaii because Hawaii cannot shut down again. Right. It cannot. So yeah, we're, we're really in a bad scary. spot. Yeah, we're in a bad spot because California's cases actually everywhere on the mainland is getting out of control right now. And they're recommending that. I cannot imagine being on the mainland and a governor or a mayor telling you that you cannot have your family over in your house for Thanksgiving. And while you're eating Thanksgiving dinner, you all have to wear masks in the house. Yeah, so actually... That's just crazy. So my dad lives in Pennsylvania, my dad and stepmom, and anybody coming into Pennsylvania has to quarantine 14 days now. So it doesn't matter if you live 10 minutes away from my dad so in New Jersey. So the states are doing it now. The states are doing so it. So Pennsylvania's doing it. And they're also trying to say that if you go to anybody else's house in the state of Pennsylvania, you have to wear a mask in their house. Well, cheers to that. I'm having some <laughs> limoncello right now, and it's damn good. Oh, mine's long gone. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It was that, really that's crazy. Though. I'm sorry. You can't do that. I know. That's, that's what my dad nuts. said. He's that's like, it's a little nuts. unconstitutional. It is unconstitutional. <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. Okay. But anyway, right. so we've talked about the state of depression a lot. Yeah, um, we have in a the last lot couple of, of episodes. Yeah. A lot of people are in that state of hopelessness as we enter the winter and as COVID continues to explode across the mainland. Families need to make hard choices on whether or not they will get together with family and or travel to see each other this holiday season. 
Larry Camp's podcast, Nobody Knows Your Story, September 23rd podcast from the depths of despair and back, discusses depression with guest Wayne Merrill. So have a listen if you're interested in hearing this story. Yes, yes, because Larry got a hold of me about this and he just said, you know, maybe this can help some people because this guy uh, that he had as a guest went through depression and, you know, we had talked about it a few episodes ago about medication helping you. It saved this guy. And I think it saved this guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you guys are having a hard time and we, you know, we've, we've noticed that there's a lot of mental health issues right now, um, you know, feeling down, feeling depressed, especially during this time. And we hear that, you know, this podcast, it really lifts people up and, and that's good to hear. But we really do care about the people out there that are having a hard time because I'm having a hard time. You're having a hard time. Everybody we know is having a hard time. Yeah, so we're sure. all in the same boat. We're all in this together. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, so patron Jake, who is a licensed mental health therapist, sent us an important email after listening to our podcast, East to West, for patron Jay. Jake heard the call to action and sent us an important PDF file concerning the realities of COVID called Face COVID that has helped him as well as many others. And this was really awesome. Yeah. So we're just going to quickly discuss some of the major takeaways from the COVID PDF file. Face COVID is a set of practical steps for responding effectively to the corona crisis using the principles of acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT, A-C-T. And very quickly, we're just going to summarize some of the key steps. The steps actually make up an acronym, which is Face COVID. So starting with Face, F, focus on what's in your control. A, acknowledge your thoughts and feelings. C, come back into your body. E, engage in what you're doing. And then we have COVID. C, committed action. O, opening up. V, values. I, identify resources. And D, disinfect and distance. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyone interested in having the complete file sent to them, please email us directly at livingthatlohalife at gmail.com and we will send you the whole PDF. It will help you cope with COVID if you're having a hard time during this pandemic. And it truly is an awesome document that explains the whole acronym. Yeah, you know, like the F and, you know, focus on what's in your control. And then it's just written out in the document about that, what you have to do, how you have to do it. And uh, hopefully it'll help you. Yeah, so thank you, Jake. I mean, that was really awesome of you to share. And I hope that people email us with wanting more information because it is, it's really great. Patron power! Was that like a He-Man thing? (laughs) I could do that. I might stick that in there right now. Do it. (laughs) Okay, we're going to take a break, and we're going to listen to Paula Funga Sweet. Reverie. Thank you. (laughs) I was like, did you forget to write the rest of it? No. Okay. Okay. We're going to be back in a few minutes. All right. All right. Hey, how's it? And welcome to the Aloha Life podcast. You're listening to us because we have great patrons who have joined our Patreon page and have become members of the podcast by supporting and donating to our show. Without our patrons like you, we wouldn't be on the air. So if you enjoy the podcast and want to hear more shows every week, please do take a moment to join us and become a patron of our podcast at patreon.com forward slash living the Aloha Life. And thank you so much for your support.
Hawaii is one of the most beautiful places on earth, and 808 Cleanup intends on keeping it that way. The 501c3 environmental nonprofit's main mission is restoring Hawaii's natural beauty for its local community and visitors. 808 Cleanup empowers volunteers to conduct decentralized cleanups through the Adopt a Site campaign, responding to littering and vandalism of Hawaii's natural spaces, tagging and graffiti removal, saving Hawaii's indigenous ecosystem, and building sustainable solutions with local communities and nonprofit partners. If you love Hawaii and wish for its beauty to remain for generations to come, consider donating to a great cause and supporting 808 Cleanup's mission to keep Hawaii clean from Mauka to Makai at 808cleanups.org. All right, we are back. We are back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's discuss the musician we're showcasing this week, Paula Funga. Now, oh, this let's... is a... Yes, I'm very upset about this. Me too. So now we're going to be getting into the second half where I get upset a lot. Yeah, the second half's it's a little negative. It's the, a little negative. This, well, I mean, I thought that COVID thing was pretty bad. <laughs> well, this is like this is the, really this, negative. Okay, okay, you ready? Yeah. Hey, we're, we're just talking about talking story. We're talking about facts. We talking are, about what's going on. It's a little bit of a negative talk story, but it's all good. I know, I know. Okay, so the local wake up crew DJs here in Hawaii on Island ninety eight point five that is connected to iHeartRadio, believe it or not, made fun of Apollo's homelessness. As a child live during a marathon to raise money for Food Bank of Hawaii for the less fortunate and homeless in Hawaii during this horrible time during the pandemic. It was absolutely awful. It was very devastating. And she took it like a trooper, honestly. Yeah, she, she tried did. to laugh it off and then she started crying live on stage. But you know what? She stood She called up them for, jerks. She, she called stood them jerks. up for herself and I'm she so did. proud of her. She did. Now I'm going to go over the interaction. It's going to piss you guys off. Mm -hmm. The interaction with the DJs and Paula went as follows Paula said she had to eat out of trash cans to survive. One of the hosts sarcastically asked, Is it right out of the trash can or did you put it on a plate first? What a jerk. <sighs> Paula replied, no, I could cry thinking about it. Later in the interaction, Paula asked for a box of tissue, to which the host said, no, but we got a trash can. The other host added, just in case she's hungry. The conversation ended with Paula in tears walking off stage calling them jerks. So she was supposed to <sighs> do another song right then She's and there. She's probably doing a lot of songs. She just got up and left, so good for her. Yeah, yeah. Now the DJs have only been suspended at this time. So messed up. They, they should, should be, be fired. They should be gone. They should absolutely be fired. Now I talked in the past about, and we did on the East to West and uh, some other podcasts in the past, that a lot of local people make fun of other races out here and they do a lot of comedy shows and things like that but there's a time for that and there's not a time for that um here in hawaii i think people just make fun of everything so much that they don't sometimes they just don't fucking think before they say something but you and don't you don't no. make fun of somebody's trauma no you don't you don't make fun of somebody especially if they've been homeless because and it hits a lot of people here in Hawaii because a lot of people in Hawaii are one paycheck away from being homeless or have been homeless and have been helped out of homelessness here. And I've been in that situation very close. And it's very hurtful. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So hopefully they get fired. I hope they do. I hope so. 
but um yeah she's amazing she's an amazing incredible woman. woman and so resilient the fact that she came from homelessness to become a very successful local yes. musician i yes. mean that's so telling it's her music incredible. is amazing and for her to have to sit through that yeah. and deal with those djs who you know they're just you know some people i've said it before they're just not educated here they don't know they don't know what they're doing it's like this you know the story of this woman you don't make fun and say something like that to somebody. No, of course not. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the Ooh. Oahu rail system. This Yay. is beyond, this This is, Jay, this is beyond my <laughs> wildest dreams. This is beyond anybody's, this is beyond anything I've ever imagined. I, this story. I think I like woke up to this <laughs> notification the other day and I almost fell out of my bed when I saw it. <laughs> All right, so Oahu Rail System. The price tag keeps climbing, and it will possibly exceed Wade's expectation of $12 billion when it comes to the final price. Wade said almost 10 years ago, Hawaii was incapable of building a rail system because of incompetence, criminal activity, and a little oversight. Oh, and little <laughs> oversight, sorry. And guess what? It's all come true. Yep. Today, the state came out with its latest finding. It will be billions over budget and will cost hundreds of millions per year to maintain, even though it will not even be in use yet. <laughs> Are you ready for this? The estimated time for completion, 2033. <laughs> what? You heard that right. Oh, the, my God. This will have devastating effects on Hawaii's younger generation for decades, and we haven't even started rebuilding the Kamehameha Highway along Oahu's east side, which is falling into the ocean. So how do you feel about this? Okay, it's my turn to yeah, vent. Yeah, go ahead. It's my turn. <laughs> Yay. Okay, this is the deal. I'm sorry, but this is just the way it is. The Democrats, the party here... The party of one-party rule have devastated Hawaii's future, okay? The, the people, um, locals, and small businesses are leaving in droves. My friends have left. Their businesses left. There's businesses leaving everywhere. You know, in the last few podcasts, I mentioned maybe, you know, if Republicans had been running Hawaii the same way, maybe the same thing would happen. But now I have taken a serious look at it. I look at California. I hear from my friends in California. I look at New York. I... I, I, I you know, talk to my friends in New York. People and small businesses are leaving in droves and going and leaving those states, which are Democratic states, and going to states like Texas. They're going to Florida. Now, this isn't coincidence. This is fact. People are leaving largely run Democratic states and going to places where they don't get taxed, um, regulated, aren't held down, and they get to go to places where they can prosper, where it's cheaper. Uh, where they can survive, where they can live the American dream, and have a great small business. This is fact. This is happening. We're seeing it. And it happened when people are leaving California and they're going to Arizona. I am so... Not, I'm right in the middle of these parties. We've talked about it so many times, but Arizona flipped to, to uh, Democrat. Mm. People left California and they're voting the same fucking way. Did they not learn? Did they not learn from leaving California? What are they doing? <laughs> this is why they leave these states that are suffocating, ball and chain. And I'm just so aggravated. Um, and this is exactly what's happening in Hawaii because, and, and this is where my anger all sits, is because it's a genocide. 
In Hawaii, it's a pure genocide. One of the most incredible cultures on the planet. I hate seeing Kanaka Maoli having to leave their ancestral land and be forced out because of the mismanagement and incompetence here of our leadership. It all comes down to them not being able to afford to live here. It's sinful. Every it's criminal. one of them who's leaving. Yeah, it, it, you know, I've said this again and again, and I've talked to patron and friend Robert about it because he's a Kanaka, you know, and he's got Kanaka blood. Hawaiian lives matter, and without Hawaiians, there is no aloha. That's true. Now... It must be unacceptable for you, for me, for, for everybody that if it comes a day when we go to a local cultural event or go help to tend a Kahlo field, you know, or maybe we're going to rebuild a fish pond or we'll go to a luau or watch a melee and see Asians and Haoli's performing. So there's no Hawaiians there. That's what you're saying. Yeah, Asians, and, Asians and Haoli's are going to be teaching us the culture of a dead culture. Because there's not going to be any more Hawaiians left here because they're going to be in Arizona. They're going to be in Nevada. They're going to be in Texas. They're going to be everywhere except where their ancestors are from. That would be devastating. I can't even imagine. Okay. And it's getting very close to that. And this is where all my anger is because this state has been run by one party. I wish it was more a 50-50 so one party could not dominate and take over and do whatever the hell they want and destroy everybody. At least, now listen, I don't like either party, but at least there's some form of balance that one party does not let the other one take over. Because when you have complete control over with one party, they can do whatever they want. And no one can do anything. And Hawaiians have suffered the most. Okay, just like on the mainland, the Native Americans have suffered the most. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, I know. It's, it's been it's horrible for what they've been through. So there's my anger and there's my vent. <laughs> I am now done. Okay. <laughs> Ready for some more heartbreaking news? <sighs> this is uh, this is pretty heartbreaking and it it's related to me as well. You know, in Hawaii right now, people cannot afford their rent anymore. They cannot afford to survive anymore. And there was a program put in, and you're going to talk about it in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I. We signed up for that program here oh. in this household. Yeah. And thank God, lucky. by the maker's hand, we got the rental assistance. Because you did it right away, I We think. did it right away. We got in as soon as possible. Um, but I'll tell you right now, 80% of the people who did it like us are not as lucky. All right. So let's go through it. Millions of dollars for housing aid promised to Hawaii families have either been diverted or are expected to go unused. That is... What a sin. Unacceptable. Tens of thousands of residents on the island are behind on rent and unsure how they'll catch up. But a vital state program that set aside $100 million in Federal Care Act funds for struggling families is falling well short of what was promised. The state set aside the money from federal COVID-19 relief aid, and it needs to be dispersed by December 15th. <laughs> but currently, $80 million of the $100 million from the program has been diverted, and the rest is poised to go unspent as thousands of families continue to wait who need it. According to the Hawaii Housing Help website, the state has only paid out... $20 million from the essential program for families that are many months behind in their rent. However, that wasn't what state officials said. 
The total amount dispersed is about 20 million, leaving a balance of about 64 million, according to Denise Matsubara, head of the Hawaii Housing Finance and Development Corporation. That means $16 million of the emergency fund so far has been spent on paying <laughs> administrators to disperse the $20 million. Is that efficient? Let's repeat that. It has cost $16 million so far in state administrative costs to disperse $20 million to local families. Uh, Why is nobody overseeing this? Nothing's going to change until we have some sort of neutral party oversight committee. Just the way it's going to be in the state until we have that, until everything is oversighted. Nothing's going to change here. So the program was launched by the Ige administration in early September. In a news conference, the governor announced $100 million was up for grabs. Eligible applicants could get up to $2,000 a month through the end of the year paid directly to their landlord. But time is running out to disperse this aid. The state estimates close to 20,000 families have signed up for desperate needed help. 80% of them haven't seen a dime. Just as unemployment has many of the same issues, problems with the rent program were documented in a three-page letter to the Senate Special Committee on COVID-19. A lot of these challenges with these programs involve lack of leadership, inadequate personal capacity, and lack of updated computer technology being used by the state. Mm-hmm. 40-year-old technology. Yep. The State House COVID-19 Task Force and Spending Watchdogs cast out this money will get to the families who need it in time. It's just, it's just really messed up. Yeah, I mean, even after the missile crisis, and they knew we had to change the technology of our computer systems, which are 40 years old, we didn't. And then we had unemployment, the problems with unemployment eight months ago. They didn't change it again. And now we have problems with this, and they still haven't changed it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> According to Jill Takuda of the Hawaii da Data Collaborative, mm -hmm. they're going to have to increase their numbers by 100 cases a day in order to be able to clear all the applications by the end of December when the happen. money must be spent. There's no way. This, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's such a disgrace. <sighs> I, I feel bad for all these. What a, ra a waste of resources. Well, what are we looking at? So 80% hasn't been dispersed. So how many of those families, let's say... How many of those 20,000 families haven't gotten their money yet? So like 18,000 haven't gotten the money yet. That's just, and that has to be given out in the next uh, two weeks, yeah. three weeks. What a waste of resources. Well, not even the, not, I mean, on top of that, the fact that it's costing millions of that money to go out. Right. And they haven't even given it out. That's what's so scary. <sighs> it should be costing nothing. Right. That's... <laughs> Yeah, that's messed up. Th that's kind of depressing. That's very depressing. Yeah, it's very depressing. Yeah, how about another depressing story? All right, <laughs> we have an update with the Honolulu Police Department. So the Honolulu Police Department confirms it has canceled special COVID-19 enforcement patrols amid allegations of overtime abuse, including against at least 10 officers who are found to have logged from 200 to more than 300 hours of overtime over five weeks. Oh my God. Alleged? In. Alleged? Banking in. Yeah, but if, if it's written down and it's in the time cuts I and everything, know. it's not alleged it happened. <laughs> 
In an internal memo on November 10th, department leaders were notified that 59 officers working on the department's COVID-19 enforcement team had been flagged in a recent audit for overtime violations. Well, you know what? Thank God there's some oversight here. Yeah, right? Jesus. But, I mean, how many got away with it then? Anyway, it said officers worked a significant number of hours in excess of explicit instructions. Not to do it, right? means they weren't approved for right, it. Right, right, no. They just no. did it yeah, yeah, and got paid for it. Maybe they thought they could get away with it. Clearly. Records show that two officers recorded more than 300 hours of overtime from September 27th to October 31st. Jesus. That translates to 65 hours of overtime each That's week. That's impossible. That's insane. <sighs> Meanwhile, eight officers said they clocked between 200 and 256 hours of overtime during the five-week period, Jesus. and 49 officers logged between 130 and 198 hours of overtime. What? The memo says officers are limited to earning 20 hours of overtime a week. So all these <sighs> officers working overtime, what do you think they were doing in their overtime? Oh, they were Ticketing us? <laughs> I, well, it's the COVID group, right? So yeah, yeah they're ticketing us. So Driving they're tic- their mopeds? <laughs> So, so catch this. So, so over this five-week period, no officer should have been working more than 120 hours. Yet these people are clocking in at two, three hundred, and even over three hundred hours. Right. So they've gone over a hundred percent over what they were supposed to. The only way they thought they could get away with this is knowing there's very little oversight. I think that if they weren't audited, they would have totally gotten away oh, with it. Oh, they would have totally. And yeah. How many? How many officers did get away with it for how it's, long before the audit, you know? Oh, my God. So it sounds like there was a group of, like, 60, 70 officers here. <laughs> now, listen, these guys are supposed to be protecting us and obeying the law. That makes them look really, really bad. It does. And knowing that they think they could get away with it and clocking double overtime, thinking that they wouldn't get caught, just tells you that the oversight, like we've always said, is very poor. And thank God, somehow, because you know what, this COVID money that they were using for the overtime was probably be paying out from federal money. So that's probably the only reason why there was oversight on this. Yeah. So God knows what they've been doing for years in overtime. That's what I'm saying. Who knows? Oh, my God. Okay, guys. So those are the local stories. And now we're going to get into, I'm going to be really calm about this. We're going to get into the latest on the national stage, the events of the national stage. And I'll try to get through this pretty quick because Amanda loves us. No, we really don't. I know, I know. Um, So I was studying the House of Representatives and um, I believe the Democrats would have hold the majority. I was talking about it a couple of weeks ago, but after looking over the races still being decided... I was kind of in shock at um, how the Democrats really did. They they had lost, and it looks like they're going to lose 15 seats. Could be more, depending on final uh, final tallies and victories by the by. Catch this: all Republican women, all women have been added to the uh, House. This is good news, just in general for women, mm. right? Um, now this could seriously hurt the liberal gender. Uh, under Biden, it will most likely be the end, I'm going to say this right now, the end of Nancy Pelosi's reign as Speaker of the House. Uh, it's probably going to come to an end. So we'll see what happens. It's going to end up probably being about 215 uh, Republicans and 220 uh, Democrats. Uh, 
see the thing is is they're going to lose the majority but they're still going to have control but it's clearly going to be a lot closer than it was before now as for the senate the republicans hold the majority today by two seats so all will come down to the two senate races in georgia on january 5th there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars spent up until january it's going to be out of control uh those two seats are going to decide what's going to happen to the senate now the conservative platform looks to be alive and well uh they pretty much took out the liberals in the house and the senate so so what's weird to me is that um trump losing was weird because what's crazy is trump gained 10 million votes over what he had four years ago what's even crazier is biden gained like 16 million more votes than hillary now this everybody's out voting the, huh everybody's out voting everybody's out voting the way they did it this year got people out grassroots i don't know what happened but these two the votes that they got was more than any other president election in history so it, it's pretty nuts yeah uh it shows that people are getting involved and honestly it should be law that every american citizen should vote and be in law uh, involved in the electoral process they they have to they come out and vote you're an american mm -hmm. get out there it's it's your it's it's prideful to get out there and vote it's your freedom to get out there and vote so vote absolutely uh, so, I agree so this is a good too. thing yeah for this sure i think thing. it's wonderful that yeah. so many people went out and voted yeah so in conclusion uh i do feel biden is going to have one hell of a time getting anything done if the house and senate stay where they are as of today however if the senate ends up with a split 50 50 after georgia the vp makes the deciding vote which is crazy only one vote can decide then we'll have a democratic party in full control of the presidency the house and the senate just like hawaii <laughs> so we all know what happens when one party takes control of everything uh you know hopefully power doesn't corrupts uh the problem is is that there's not really going to be any checks and balances and that kind of scares me so we'll end up seeing what happens but hopefully um it's all going to come to down to January, and uh, we'll go from there. What's crazy is that if you can have that type of decision, have everybody in power under one party, it kind of disenfranchises half the population because half the population did not vote that way. So mm -hmm. that kind of causes more issues. It's good to have, um, you know, it's always been down in history. It's not been too often where one party has controlled the House, the Senate, and the presidency. It's always been like one's controlled one or the other, and then you have the president, and then his allies will either control the House or control the Senate. I prefer it that way because then one group can't get punch drunk on doing whatever they want. But that's kind of where we're at. So we'll see what goes on. Uh, clearly, Trump has lost the election. There's all this crap out there saying that he hasn't. Uh, we'll see what <laughs> happens still. He's still he's still holding off on hope. I don't know what hope he's looking for, but... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, hey, Trump, come back in four years. But, you know, let's, let's give the other guy a go at it. You know, let's see what happens. That's all I got. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about some positive news. Yes. Shirts and hats are being ordered and going into production. Hats and Aloha Life patches are on the way. And Wade's going down next week to the printers to pick out the men's and women's shirts. Yes. 
We'll keep you all updated as they start to come in and we start the shipping process. We also want to let those who have ordered from outside the country know that we will find out the shipping costs before we do anything with the packages going to Canada and Australia. Yes, because I mean, the, the truth is just being upfront with everybody, all the patrons, this is costing a couple of thousand dollars. Yeah, it's a lot. So it's not going to be cheap. And, 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 you know, we're putting it out there. All the, all the shirts and hats are going to be free to our patrons and the shipping costs we're going to be paying for. But we we just simply can't pay the Canadian right. and the, um, Australian. the Australian cost. We just can't be doing that. So we'll be make sure to get the cost out to you guys and let you know. And then you can decide, do you want it? Do you want to wait till you come to Hawaii? Maybe we'll meet up when you come out here and I can give you the stuff. We can give you the stuff then. Uh, go for dinner, whatever. But, you know, it'll be up to you guys on whether you want to pay for the shipping cost or not. Yep, All right. for sure. All right. All right. So we have this totally, is exciting. totally off totally topic. Totally off. Yep, this is good news. Um, we have a product endorsement to discuss today. Now, this, I feel like, is kind of mean to all our patrons on the East Coast where it's winter right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the Intex Explorer K2 Kayak, two-person inflatable kayak set with aluminum oars and high-output air pump from Amazon. So that is something that we recently purchased. Mm -hmm. And just a little backstory. Yeah. I've had my eye on it forever. I finally made the decision to purchase it right before the start of the pandemic last yeah. spring. Mm -hmm. And it was like $89 at the time. And I was like, you know, do I want to spend the money? But I read the reviews. They were so good. I was watching videos. It's like, I really want a kayak. I can't afford a real one. Let's do it. So we decide to do it. And then the pandemic happens. And I guess everybody else had the same idea too, because they sold out <laughs> before yeah. I could order mine. And then people were trying to resell them on Amazon. And so the price went from $89 up to like $350, $400. It was insane. So of course we didn't order it. And we sat back and patiently waited for seven months until it started to get a little cooler again and the price started to go down again. And I did end up getting it for $89 back in, I want to say maybe like mid-September yeah. or so. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it was the beginning of October, I'm not sure. But you notice that the price Currently. is already starting to go back up a little bit. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure we had, you know, a real at time price before we did this podcast but so what I is it now so it's 111 dollars right now okay on amazon yeah but see if you look it up i don't know if it's the only one selling it. you may be able to find it still for 89 dollars somewhere you know like some people they're not the only one selling it it's in different areas you can get it through intex okay so you know or you could get it from an independent seller yeah so you had seen it for you had gotten it for 89 mm -hmm. and then now i'm seeing it for 111 it had gone all the way up to what like 400 yeah. 350 400 so, yeah so you guys know what it can go for so you can get it for under $100 if you wait so just keep looking at it every day on Amazon until you see it go under 100 but I'll tell you the truth let's talk about it well I'll tell you the truth now that I look at it highly surprised it was really high quality high, high quality I was highly surprised durable and if it was $200 $250 I'd probably pay that now that I know, yeah, yeah. I think I would too. I was terrified that it would I was not, worried. like, I was terrified it would like spring, spring a leak or something. Anything inflatable ball. Yeah. Me? No, it's a little scary, yeah. but it's very durable. You almost don't very realize durable. it's inflatable. Very durable. Very um, tough. Very tough. And it's really pretty easy to blow up with the pump. I was shocked. I was like, we're going to be here for a half hour blowing <laughs> it up. We're going to be here a half hour blowing it down. 
and it went up in 10 to 15 minutes and it came down in 10 to 15 minutes and it was well what do you think about that much no it wasn't that much at yeah, all we just much. got caught in the rain for a little bit so maybe was it was fun. a little longer <laughs> that was fun well i mean to 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 fill it up with air all the oars went together fine the um everything everything it just clicked us, together it took us like 15 minutes to put together we didn't know what we were doing no, now that we, we didn't know what yeah, we're doing yeah. i think honestly Boom. like seven eight minutes we could right. do it. oh that's true so the, that was the first time doing it so that was going to be the longest now we know exactly what to do yeah so it's gonna we'll cut that time in half it comes in a nice little bag you can carry yeah. it over your shoulder like it's just it's wonderful and you can also get the one person kayak if you don't want a two-person one. yeah and that's that. cheaper yeah and it was it was like so i would say total from the time you get out of the vehicle 10 minutes you're in the water with it and then 10 minutes out of the water you're back in the vehicle with it yeah it, it was it was amazing i was highly surprised uh you could totally bring it into the open ocean you don't want to go crazy you don't want to go take it into another island so the thing with inflatables yeah, yeah. is you don't want to take it out when it's a very windy day yeah yeah but otherwise i think it should be okay but i mean i think on a nice calm day there's no there's no issue going to um the Kaneohe uh, sandbar with it. There's no problem going to um, the Mokes out in Lanikai with it. You should be able to get out to Chinaman's Hat. I'm not going to recommend Chinaman's <laughs> Hat because the back end, it, there's a good breeze back there and stuff, but I mm. think you could do it on a calm day. So you could use it in some areas of the open ocean. You can go up all the different riverbeds that we have on the island. Should be safe to do that. Uh, we went up around the um, Hawaii Kai Marina. Very yes. safe in that. Um, so I oh. think it's, I mean. It was just yeah. such a fun day out in the water on the kayak. Of course, if you haven't seen the video of Wade <laughs> on the um, Facebook, Facebook page, page, check yeah. it out because it was so fun. We're kayaking yeah. and enjoying the beautiful weather and yep. scenery yep. and listening to Christmas music. Yep. <laughs> it was really you, fun. You could, although it's a big, it was a big kind of thing. You could actually, if you come to Hawaii, you could buy it anywhere. Uh, you could get your two suitcases, put it on the belly of the plane, and then for a carry-on, you could take this. Oh, that's so true. So you could take the kayak as a carry-on, and then uh, you could just bring it out here to Hawaii with you and blow it up in 10, 15 minutes, put it down in 10, 15 minutes, take it back to the room, and just go out wherever you want with it for your whole vacation. That is true. Right? Mm-hmm. Good okay. point. I didn't even right think on. about that. Right on. All right, and then lastly, we have an email to break down and discuss from patron and supporter Mark. Oh, yes. We just got this the other day. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Here we go. Right. Weed and Amanda. Just saying hey and thank you. I completely lucked out and started a year sabbatical last January. Who would have known that the pandemic would turn the world on its ear? My bride and I planned a trip last April through May. We usually go to Kauai for three or four weeks every year. I dig that island like few other places I have ever been. <laughs> However, I have to admit that for the past five or six years, that tourism was way out of control. All the extra traffic and pressure all the visitors were putting on the local population seemed to be having an effect on that lovely feel of aloha that I've come to love. Mm, on uh, Kauai, on Kauai, that's and it's true. That's been the people have been, yeah, the it's people have true. been, yeah, it has been over the. The thing of it is, my bride and I are a part of the problem. Yeah. I make it a point to be respectful of indigenous cultures wherever I travel. My wife always is mistaken for Hawaiian. She's <laughs> how do you say this? You pick Eskimo. Oh yeah, okay. That's awesome. Oh, that is awesome. 
And we usually go for the more chill beaches and then not so much of the touristy crap. Yeah. Although the, is it Kapa'a, Kapa'a right? Yep. Kapa'a, Saturday Street Fair is one good time I never miss. It breaks my heart to hear all those small businesses closing down. We know a couple that just returned and said all those restaurants and shops we so love were mostly closed. Yeah. I know. The beaches were empty, which is sort of a plus. I would be happy as long as a dive shop is open, snorkel gear is in the truck, and cold beer to sip on on the beach. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. That stuff will be open and going. For sure. And uh, also, Mark, no one is part of the problem. Uh, As long as you are educated on local events, you love Hawaii, you show aloha, you give back to Hawaii... Uh, for all the joy it's given you and respect the culture, people and Aina, you're good. 100% so, so don't, yeah. So it's, don't, don't think that you're part of the problem. You're not part of the problem. You're only part of the problem. The people who If come, you're not doing what I just said. The people who come and leave their footprint and leave so much more behind, like litter or trash or yeah. don't respect the locals or don't respect the culture... I mean... Give back when you're on the islands. Absolutely. You know, and we're going to discuss, we've been talking about maybe doing a uh, volunteerism and a volunteer volunteer, uh, podcast. Yeah, I really want to do that. Uh, So we're going to be looking into doing that coming up. And uh, that's good. But so when you come to Hawaii, make sure you give back to somebody or something while you're here. Yes, for sure. All right, here we go. Yeah, it seems to me that me going back now would be sort of a shitty thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) I get that if I was Hawaiian, I would be a tad sensitive to another epidemic killing more Hawaiians. Yeah. (laughs) So I will just have to suck it up for the time being. I feel for the people as so much of the economy is tied to tourism. Wade, you are completely correct. Agricultural businesses are the way out for the Hawaiian economy. There existed a business model for the San Juan Islands back uh, the late 19th and early 20th century, hmm. where they were the breadbasket for the greater Puget Sound region. Wow. There were a few roads linking communities, and the Puget Sound was a major transportation system. The Mosquito Fleet, a small armada of private cargo and ferries, transported fruits, vegetables, and some livestock from the robust farms of the San Juan Islands. In a similar manner, Hawaii could become the breadbasket not only to feed itself, but for West Coast markets hungry for breadfruit and those wild avocados. Mm. Man, I just made one of my world famous (laughs) avocado salads for dinner and was thinking about how one of those big Hawaiian avocados would push my salad up to the next level, maybe even to an 11. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it certainly would. It's, uh, you know, it's really the size of like four small avocados. For sure. You know, it's crazy you was talking about because we've talked about it several times. We've talked about how we need to have our own cargo and shipping. Uh, yeah, and yeah, then, talked about and it. And then we, you know, we deliver all our own goods to each other's islands. It just makes sense. These guys did it. Why have we not figured this out yet? It's God, I feel like there's got to be a reason we haven't figured it out yet, but I, I honestly am clueless. I have no idea. It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't really understand. Uh, it's a shame that we don't. We've talked about it many, many times, and I continue to feel that we're going to lose the opportunity again because Hawaii and the people... Okay, and also, if you guys don't know, the people here in Hawaii, they love to talk, and they talk a good game, but they don't ta- and then take action. Happens. And that's exactly what happened with this COVID. Yeah, and and honestly, that's the way the people here are in general. Like, I'm just not talking about, like, the COVID, they want to go to agricultural. I'm talking about, in general, people here talk. I know. And then that's all that comes out of them. So, unfortunately, that's just... 
the way it's going to be here. I consider myself an independent, but tend to vote libertarian most of the time. I think our two-party system is completely failing the U.S. The single-party system of Hawaii is just broken. Shoot that lame horse in the head, man. This whole <laughs> sabbatical has been utterly life-changing. I've taken off 80 pounds so far. My All bride right. has taken off 40. Shoo! While this pandemic has been so traumatic for so many, I've been blessed because I had planned my finances around not working for a year prior to all this craziness. My company moved and I said later and took a severance package. Oh, okay. I just plain lucked out with the timing. If I have gotten one thing out of this time, it's that I am not into this whole wage slave thing. <laughs> Who is? <laughs> I have about seven years to go before I had planned on retiring. I have been reevaluating the timetable as of late. So I have a few questions. All right. Just what kind of deal do you have going on on the big island with the off-grid community that you're planning? <laughs> See? We, we got this guy interested, right? That's we got great. Mark interested. I love it. There's actually a lot of people interested, but like I've said a million times, uh, if you go back and you listen to the um, Patron's Paradise, it's going to explain everything about the off-grid community. It's a patron-only podcast. Right. Uh, this is a free podcast. I don't want to give too much information out because it's really private for the patrons, but... Um, but listen to the yeah. podcast. If you still have questions afterward, reach out with them for sure. Yeah, yeah. But the, I mean, overall, what we want to do, and, you know, a lot of people say that it's crazy, but it's actually some people are starting to do it now and see that it's a good idea to do on the Big Island. But they're literally building small off-grid agricultural communities where they tend and fend for themselves, but any leftovers they can sell. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do is I want to create a 20 to 40 tiny home off-grid community and we'll all grow our own crops, agricultural, uh, aquaponics. Uh, it's all going to be solar. It's all going to be water catchment. Uh, everything that you can imagine living off-grid, taking care of yourself. And I think COVID really woke me up too to the fact that, wow, what a brilliant idea that I was thinking about this so many years ago. And I'm like... If you want to get away from society and not have to deal what we're all dealing with, going outside, wearing masks, dealing with all this crap that we have to deal with, the stress. This is the way to do this it. This is the way to do it because you're going to live in the community on like anywhere from 20 to 50 acres or more, depending how many people we get involved in this, that buy into each acre. You're not going to have to deal with the outside community as much. And you're going to have a P.O. box. You're going to go get your mail. You're going to come back and you're going to come on the land. You don't have to deal with the outside world. Yep, for sure. So it's going to be a whole nother world for everybody. And it's crazy. It's a dream. And I'm going to do it. You are. Yep. Right it's going to happen. Right on. Are there any lots left? And if so, how much? <laughs> well, let's save that for a patron discussion. Well, no, we can talk about it real quick. Real okay. quick. Okay. So... As it goes for the lots, we're probably looking at one to two acre lots, and they'll be priced anywhere from twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars. If it's two acres, it's going to be fifty. If it's one acre, it's going to be twenty-five thousand. And it kind of depends where we end up. Well, that is true. So if we end up, let's say we end up further up to like North Shore, the, like the Hamakua Coast, we end up uh, up in Waipio area or Waimea, it's going to be a lot different pricing than it is if we were down in Hilo, which is going to be a lot cheaper. Right. So you're probably looking at 20000 in Hilo, and you're looking at 50000 up in Hamakua. Right. Yeah. And a world of difference with the landscape, <laughs> oh, right? Oh, yes, yes. But I, I, you know, after you were talking about it, 
I really started thinking and looking and looking for land yeah. up there. And it's it's just, it's probably a better move. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a better we'll, move. we'll probably have to just go look and see yeah, yeah. how I'm it not, all plays out. But keep our, our minds open. Yeah, and we're going to start looking, heading over to the Big Island next year and start looking for land. Obviously, we'll do another podcast, patron-only podcast, uh, as we get closer to looking at land and developing this off-grid community yeah and if any patrons want to come look at land with us that'd be cool right right on all right where are you planning on buying the land Uh, we just talked about (laughs) yeah and can a person purchase now and build down the road well once we get started yeah not quite yet exactly right so once we do purchase the land you can build on it anytime you want after that so really what we're doing right now is we're just getting everybody that's interested in purchasing the land now why is this a smarter move we want to do it as a group thing because you see, you can go ahead and go purchase an acre of land, but you're going to see another house down the street from you. You're going to see probably something, or, you, or if you buy an acre of land, you might have to live across from a lava mm-hmm. field or something. That's true. But if we all bring our money together and we all put in twenty-five to $50,000, then we can have 50 acres of land and we can have one to two acres away from me. I'll be away from you. You'll be away from me. And you won't have to see anybody else in the land. We'll build one central road throughout the whole property. And then you can visit anybody on the property. That sounds so fun. Yeah, I think yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. All right. And then a few more questions related to the Big Island. Is weed growing currently legal? It is not currently. How ironic. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? It's not currently legal, uh, but it is legal for medical purposes. But and growing it's not. Growing yeah. it's not just yeah. to, yeah, just not for personal use. But it's going to be obviously in the near future. It's going to change. Hawaii financially is collapsing. Yeah. So the only way they can get out of this hole in the near future is they're going to have to make marijuana legal and maybe even other drugs. And then that's going to allow them to bring a lot more tax money that they need that they're not going to get. So as you also know on the mainland with this last election... You know, there's many states, I think it's 11 or 12 states that have made marijuana legal. Before you know mm-hmm. it, every state's going to be legal. I agree. It's I'm shocked happen. Hawaii wasn't the first state. I should have been, right? Of all the states, Hawaii has the best pot. That's another thing. Once it becomes legal, we're going to grow that on the land. And that is going to sell like hotcakes. Because oh, Hawaiian sure. marijuana, come on. And CBD, you want to do? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very good. All right. So besides weed, I'm super interested in breadfruit. All right. Cool. We have Samoan friends that always have us bring some back for them. Also, these avocados are the shit. (laughs) If markets could be opened up, Trader Joe's and QFC would totally buy them up. A lot of people here in Seattle area are avocado freaks and would have no problem paying a premium price for those babies yeah so the avocados we can probably do smaller distribution to the mainland as an export but i just don't know how much avocados we can grow in mass um but you know like i think i had said we can probably charge eight to twelve dollars for an avocado it's the size of four small avocados so you could get more money oh, I mean, for you, sure. you could get a lot more money for them they're massive they're, oh they're massive they're uh the buttery taste of them mm. is to die for it just blows any avocado out of the water there's nothing better there's truly. nothing nothing better so we on the land on the big island we definitely want to grow avocados if it's possible see that's another thing i'm going to see i'm going to be doing all the hard work i'm going to be going there talking to the uh the people on the land asking them can i grow avocados here can i grow honey here can i grow weed here <laughs> i'm going to ask i'm going to mm-hmm. ask everything so uh can i grow breadfruit there so the thing I want to talk about was that I, you know, I was looking into CBD and mm. THC Hawaiian honey. 
So that's going to be crazy. And that's let me interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just imagine selling Hawaiian honey with CBD and THC in it. That is on the mainland. If you're selling it from Hawaii, you're retired. You're going to be making so much money from that. So we're looking into doing that. We're looking into growing breadfruit because breadfruit is becoming the new um, alternative meat. I'm so, so excited about uh, yes, that as a vegetarian. Yes, yes. Yeah. Put, yeah. So push soy away. Uh, soy, you know, you have too much soy, it's not good for you. So breadfruit, you can have as much breadfruit as you want. The truth is, is there's just nowhere in the United States that can grow breadfruit except in Hawaii. So the mainland needs it, and the only place they can get it from is Hawaii. So we're going to grow breadfruit. And you grow a breadfruit tree, you sit back and you don't do nothing. You just pluck them. So we'll be able to get plenty of those and send them to the mainland. All right. Yeah. Aloha is a state of mind, and I try to keep it in my heart daily. It's easy when I can leisurely get out of bed and hit my Zen room to meditate before oh, sitting right. down to write for a few hours. That's good to hear that, man. Yeah. Then going out for a bike ride or hit to hit the treadmill. The real trick will be to keep that Aloha spirit alive when and if I go back to a conventional nine to five. Yeah, that's going to be true. tough. It just that's like, be sucks tough. you dry working that nine to five every day. Yeah. You know, continue to go back and listen to the podcast, uh, Spirituality in Hawaii and the Aloha Bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, because yeah. you kind of hit on that. That's... Yeah, this this always brings you back to center, and it is actually the two, and believe it or not, it's the two podcasts I often re-listen to because I don't listen to the podcast. Right. Because I have to deal with editing it for six hours. You so listen to it for <laughs> I'm all done. Hours, I'm all yeah. done after that, but when I need to get centered again or... You know, I'm like sitting here going, you know what, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I go back and listen to those two podcasts and they and they get me back to where I'm supposed to be. Yep. Yeah. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I have been following your podcast since your old show with the old man. <laughs> Was that an edit? You're damn right. <laughs> you won't say his name. No, I won't say his name. <laughs> I originally heard about your old podcast from a friend who said there was this hilarious show where these two clowns were always <laughs> fighting with each other and also talk story about Hawaii. Oh my God. I was saddened when y- your old show ended, but I have to say what you and Amanda are doing is amazing. Right on. Thank you. I wish I could give more each month and may have to considering how much joy your show gives me. Aww. Aww. That's, nice. that's super nice. Amanda is your perfect co-host. Aww. So nice. Look at all these wonderful things people are saying about you. So sweet. Aww. Your current show stands alone in the collection of podcasts I listen to. I see a new one and it immediately lifts my spirits. This, the, a lot of people are saying that. That just... This is great. It feels so good I to love hear. It. I yeah, love to hear this. Yeah. For sure. Keep up the great work and know that what you do makes this world a better place. Blessings to you both. Be safe. Stay sane, my friends. <laughs> Remember that offer is always open to you both for free drinks if you're ever in Seattle. Be well and much love. Mark. All right. Thank so, you so much, Mark. Really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. And we need to hook Mark up with Steve and Leanne and David and Jerry. They could all be friends. Yes, because they're, they're all, all there now. They all were living in Hawaii, uh, right? And now they're over in Seattle. I don't think Mark's lived in Hawaii, but the rest of them have. No, Mark hasn't, but yeah, David the rest has. Of them have. Yeah, 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 and everyone else has. So, so there's plenty of people along the West Coast. We keep telling you guys that that you could all hang out and have a luau. But all these patrons are right there in Seattle. Guys... Why do you guys live over there? <laughs> oh my gosh! Stop it! <laughs> it's gonna be because of the Seahawks. That's the only reason that I can imagine why. <laughs> beautiful Anyways. hiking over there. Yeah, yeah, beautiful hiking, Oregon too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, so before we go, we'd like to talk about Giving Tuesday, which is coming up. Uh, man, it's right around the corner. De- December is already here almost. I know. Holy moly, man. Unbelievable. Um, I'd like to talk about our nonprofit 808 Cleanups and our fundraiser to help our organization get through 2021. We've had a hard time, guys. Yeah. I mean, with with COVID and everything, it's really hurt the nonprofit, and we need to continue to do what we do. So what we're going to do is for donating $30 to 808 Cleanups, you'll be getting a shirt, a hat, and an 808 Cleanups grocery tote bag in the package. And they look amazing. Oh, so guys, yeah. donate the 30 bucks. You won't regret it. Yeah, so we'll keep you guys posted when we start doing this. 100% of your $30 donation goes toward 808 Cleanups, a 501c3 environmental nonprofit organization dedicated to protecting Hawaii from the mountain to the ocean. You'll receive your donor-supported 808 Cleanups hat and shirt, and we'll throw in the bag and you'll be able to take it anywhere you go and represent 808 Cleanups from the mainland. And if you got some questions about it, you can share about what 808 Cleanups is all about. Exactly. And when we uh, begin our fundraiser, uh, you'll know about it and uh, hope you'll take the important opportunity to support our organization and represent all the good of Hawaii. Mahalo. Okay. (laughs) So thank you guys, and we'll keep you guys posted about that. We're going to continue to keep all the patrons posted about our shirts and hats and everything else. Uh, We're going to end the podcast with Paula Funga again from the Lily Koi album and her song Beautiful Face. Now, please stick around to the end of the podcast to hear a message from Paula and her inspirational life story. Awesome. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Are we going to do next week? Are we going to take Thanksgiving off? Um, oh, boy. We'll we see. might have to skip. Well, we might do a show. We might not. Maybe we'll just do it. It'll come out a little bit later. Okay. It might come a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. So we'll still do someone. We'll still do it at some point next week. And then after that, the month of December is all Christmas. Wait. Nobody gave us their recommendations of what kind of shows we should do for well, Christmas. Well, that's too bad. Oh, I guess we'll just have to make our own decisions <laughs> here. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, you guys you are going to be sorry. You should have told be us. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, all December is Christmas once again. And uh, it's the holiday season. So, everybody coming up for Thanksgiving, please be safe. Absolutely. If, yeah, you know, and I understand that some of you are going to make the decision not to be with your families. I don't know how. It's so hard. I know. My family's doing a Zoom call Thanksgiving morning, like extended family, everybody. So Too bad I didn't get Zoom stock before this all happened. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody even uses Skype anymore. What's going on? Because you can't do big groups on Skype. Oh, Jesus. Skype was like one-on-one or something. You think Skype would have been ahead of the game now they've gone into AOL territory. They're gone (laughs) now. Oh, man. So, yeah. So just please be safe, everyone. And uh, we'll catch you guys soon. Get some jumbo marshmallows for your hot cocoa. We did that tonight. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Okay, ready? Ready. Shoot. All right. Aloha. Aloha. Well, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, yeah. I miss the sight of your, your beautiful smile. I miss the feeling of your skin touching mine I can't wait till Friday night I'll be going to your place yeah yeah I can't wait to see your beautiful
When you speak of Allah, it's all the above. The, all the good, yeah? So that opens a wide way range. Aloha. Whether it's Pono, Mikai, still the same. I don't care how you look at it, it's still Aloha. Be Pono, be righteous.
Aloha. When I was asked to be a presenter at this TEDx Maui conference, they asked me to pick a title of what I was going to talk about, and I had a hard time deciding what I would choose. I thought, dream big. That was a good one. I thought, um, actualize to visualize. That was a cool one. I didn't, I didn't know if it was, you know, not clear. But um, I started really thinking about it, and my message today here is to believe in yourself. And I think that's so important. And when they told me... When they told me that there would be students here from schools on Maui and youth here, it was even more clear to me that that's exactly what I should talk about, believing in yourself. By the time I was nine years old, I was living on the beach at San Island at the back. If you've ever been to Honolulu, to San Island, you know that it's an industrial area, and that's where like the mats and containers go by, and the airplanes fly right over, and I live there on the beach, not even in a tent, just my mom and um, some friends, we just lay some hali'i on the sand and sleep under the stars, and if it rained, we just pull this tarp over us. And my mom, she didn't really have such good friends that we were living with at the time, and I distinctively remember one day this guy asked me, he said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I stopped for a moment, and I kind of looked up to the corner of my eye, and I saw myself on a stage holding a wireless microphone, and there was this bluish-white light shining down on me. And I was in front of an audience that I couldn't number, and I knew that everyone in that crowd was there for me to hear me sing. And I looked to him, and I told him, a teacher. And I kept that dream a secret. I kept that dream, and in my heart, it actually, my heart whispered, superstar. <laughs> and I just knew that I couldn't share that with him because I thought that he would tear it down and break me, break my dreams, so I kept it in my heart. And no matter what happened to me in my life, because that wasn't the worst that my life, of my life experiences, I knew that there was something to look forward to. And I knew that I was going to be somebody and I was going to be different and I wasn't going to follow in the footsteps of the people who basically came before me. You know, my mom, I didn't want to make the same mistakes that she did. And I just always believed, I truly believed in my heart that there was something big that was going to happen in my life, that I would be somebody. I wasn't going to repeat any cycles. And so that's what I have to share with you. If you believe in something, if you want something, if, if you aspire to be something greater than anything you've experienced in your life, it's possible. How unlikely it was for me to be living on the beach on a tent, you know, not even in a tent, actually, and homeless on the beach at San Island, this nine-year-old kid wanting to be this, a superstar. Like, you know what I mean? How audacious, just the thought of it. But I want you to know, especially the youth here today, 
I want you to know that you can do it. You can do anything you want. It's true what those adults tell you in your life. You can be anything you want to be as long as you determine that for yourself and you work towards it. You have to believe. That's basically my message. I have since played music with so many people who I never even dreamed of being able to make music with. Ziggy Marley, Jack Johnson, he takes me along with him on tour every once in a while. And I travel all over the world. I've been to Australia and New Zealand and Vanuatu. And I plan to go to Europe next. And I'm not done. My dream has not been fulfilled. I'm just at the beginning of making my dreams come true. There's so much more I want to do in life. So many people whose lives I want to touch with my music and my story. And I'm just so grateful for this opportunity to be here. The thing that brings me so much joy is actually being able to go out in the community and meet with youth groups, with quote-unquote at-risk youth. I don't know a single youth who's not at risk. (laughs) But it's possible. My life is a miracle, and I'm living proof that miracles happen every day, you know? I just want to thank you guys so much. I've been on this stage before and never in this type of capacity where I get to actually share, you know, something so personal about myself. And it's just a, an amazing thing. And I just appreciate it so much to be able to be here and share this with all of you. And so, yes, believe in yourself. Dream big. Every day, you have to visualize what you want for yourself in the future. You know, that's what keeps us driven. That's what keeps us motivated. And that's what keeps us waking up in the morning, greeting the day with each hope of possibility. You know, every single day we have a chance to make a difference in our own lives and in the lives of others. I always um, tell my friends, you got to believe, you know, you got to just picture that thing that you want in life all the time. visualize it, to actualize it, to make it a reality, you know, and that's what I do. I see myself traveling across the world to Europe, you know, as far as my music will take me. And with that, I want to sing a song for you guys. to share with you I've had the same one all my life So please believe in me Sometimes it gets so hard Oh To keep believing in yourself But you must above all else You gotta hold your head up high I must believe at dawn Again the sun will rise All I need Is just a little faith to get by And I wanna know 
so much.